And now, from the Daytona Beach News Journal. And he is a lap away from the checkered flag in the Daytona 500. The voice of NASCAR. Austin Dillon wins the 60th running of the Great American Race. Daytona Motor Miles with Ken Willis and Godwin Kelly. professional with the countdown i like that is that did you go to a uh, seminar and learn that oh it was a workshop i thought mm. ken wallace goblin kelly uh daytona motor mouse did you hear that did he, he just smack the microphone did you yep. yeah yeah uh we are it's rolex week so we got a little bit of stuff to talk about uh in terms of live action coming up this week here in daytona the 24-hour endurance marathon over the 3.56 mile high banks and road course which you call the tri-roval the tri-roval <laughs> it's not gonna catch on it's a little little too awkward uh we're gonna talk a little bit about that we're gonna remember glenn wood a little bit we're gonna we're going to uh we got a little jamie mcmurray news and a little bubba wallace news and some christopher bell and a declaration by jimmy johnson that we're gonna we're going to discuss we'll play the birthday game and somewhere in the middle of all this we're going to be taking a call from a mystery person uh, representing uh, one of the uh, all-time great American sports cars, the Chevrolet Corvette. And uh, who's calling? Tommy Milner, I believe. It yep. was a mystery. It's no longer a mystery. We found. Well, that's we think. We think it could we'll, be. We'll find out. It could be Jan Magnuson. Yes, or Steve McQueen. Yeah. No, he was a Mustang guy. Wasn't yeah. He? Okay. yeah. Anyway, we're going to do all that uh, when we, and we're going to start all that when we come back right after this. <laughs> And Whoa, we'll, live TV. And we're back. Ben Willis, Goblin Kelly, Daytona Motor Mouse. Goblin is Rolex uh, roll Week. It's one of my favorite uh, long weekends of the year that uh, when in terms of uh, if you have to work. Uh, I always said the only thing that I love Rolex Week, the long four-day weekend at Daytona. The only thing to make it better would be if you didn't have anything, any responsibilities work-wise. But uh, it usually turns out okay. Uh, do you look forward to Rolex weekend as much as I do? And I think part of the reason is it's just different than every other weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, different energy, different vibe. What is your, after all these years, what is your take on the well, 24 hours of Daytona? It's actually, uh, well, first of all, it's different. Well said. All right. It only happens once a year. You know, they sometimes they ran up to three of these races, uh, not the 24, but right. they bring the sports cars yeah, back. Yeah, um, So, thank goodness it's just one race. Yep. Makes it special. Uh, it's the kickoff event for all of motorsports, really, other yes. than the Chili Bowl, which we yep. will talk about. But um, it's also um there's not as much anxiety or tension that you get in the stock car portion i mean yep. they're those guys are wound pretty tight yep. when they come here to run the daytona 500 let me tell you and these guys not only um are they loose but they also have teammates yeah and so they're not completely responsible for the car or the finish or whatever yep. so uh, you take it all, and then you throw in the the, the accents, which I I'm sure. I love the accents. You know, 
It's just great. Used to be, you know, during speed weeks, you try to figure out if they're from Georgia, Tennessee, (laughs) North Carolina, or Virginia. You could actually you could decipher usually. You could (laughs) actually there was enough. uh, There was some wiggle room between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This now we're talking continental divides when we're talking Rolex. So anyway, yeah, I. uh, It's a great way to ease in to speed weeks. And uh, the cars just look tremendous. I mean, they're even the the lower class GTD cars, mm-hmm. Grand Touring Daytona. They look they yeah. look great. This is where I always tell everybody: if you want to see, if you want, if you call yourself a fan of quote stock car racing, this is where you want to go because these are these are as close to stock car racers as you can get. The uh, the the BMWs, the the Mustangs, uh, the Ferrari. Uh, the prototypes are, are the fast fastest class at the Rolex, and they're, that's from where the uh, eventual overall winner will come. But the other classes, the GTD and GT Le Mans, that's where you get these cars that it, look. It's, it's Le Mans. Le Mans. Uh, that's where you. Uh, that's where you get these cars that look like they just came off the showroom floor. They painted them. They stuck a bunch of decals on them, a big number, put on, put in some safety gear, and sent them from the showroom to the to the track and uh, and that's especially true in their in their lower series which used to be called the continental tire series which is like their bush series no it's, it's now the michelin, michelin pilot challenge there you go michelin michelin and so anyway those cars some of them cars really look like they just rolled off the lot right off the dealership so i enjoy it for that reason and i but i also love looking at the prototypes they're just so cool and when they go by it they're just so they're fun to watch and my favorite part of the track is well i got two i gotta flip a coin hold on you got a coin yeah i like i like the hairpin turn the uh the east horseshoe which they used to call the Pedro Rodriguez horseshoe, and they stopped for some reason. Uh, I like that because they come flying in there, and they slow down to next to nothing, and they do a U-turn, and then right then they jump on that gas and get going toward that little kink and toward the west horseshoe. I love that, but I also love when they dive off the trioval just past the start finish line to dive into the infield part of the course, and when they just and you just physically and visually watch them that car just hunch i mean it when they hit those brakes it looks like the back end's gonna it looks like it, it wants to flip over you know from the back over to front and they slow so dramatically to go into that infield road course so i like that too but anyway it's fun all right say goodbye to our facebook crowd and we're gonna move along with the show after these folks uh, after facebook takes off thanks we, we for keep ha- going we don't uh, we yeah don't thanks for hanging with us yeah. and to find out who the mystery caller is you're gonna have to listen to the podcast Daytona Motor Mouse. You never know. Wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we before we move on, uh, any any lasting images uh, when we think of Glenn Wood and, and his accomplishments over his Hall of Fame career, seventy some years. Uh, he was part of the scene. Uh, what what jumps to mind? What immediately comes to mind when well, you think of his? innovations his accomplishments well what jumped to my mind was um after they won the uh, 2011 daytona 500 at that breakfast the following day yeah i was asking about the old days you know yeah the beach days and stuff and he had several just stories i had never heard before about him and leonard in the car yeah i've always said that if if i had a time machine there are several great events I'd like to go back and watch. Uh, I'd like to go back and see, you know, Babe Ruth 
you know, I'd like to go back and see this or that from uh, earlier centuries, earlier decades. But I would love to go back and sit high atop the dunes and watch one of those beach races. Uh, that that must have been unbelievable. When I think of Glenwood and the Wood Brothers, I just think about how they crossed over to IndyCar at the Indy 500 and reinvented the pit stop. Yeah, I mean, they took it down from 50 or 60 seconds down to the 20s. Yeah, and uh, they basically uh, won the won the. 500 for jim jim clark you know yeah. and and that's what i think it was just the innovation just this the shade tree genius that they brought to the auto racing that it seemed like boy why did they did so many things that other people would have looked at and said boy why didn't i think of that i should have thought about that yeah. that answer was just sitting right there yeah. for us and nobody saw it but them you know? yeah so anyway that's uh you know 93 yep uh had a full life certainly and uh he was a great asset to all of motorsports, so we thank him for that. Certainly. All right, we'll be right back. All right, Ken Wallace, Gabba Kelly, we're back at Daytona Motor Mouse. Uh, you'll get that big time auto racing. You know what you'll get? What? Uh, promotion. Yeah. We got a big event coming up here this week. Yeah. Biggest event in North American sports car racing, the wow. Rolex 24, otherwise known as the 24 Hours of Daytona. And, uh, and, we have uh, a call in yeah from one of the participants you know there's roughly 50 teams there's 50 teams four basically four drivers per team right. a couple of teams have three drivers yep. so you're looking upwards of 190 to 200 drivers and of them we found one who would who would talk to us <laughs> and that was only by phone yeah and uh and so and it's ringing right now let's go to line 1 and see what we got going on here we are joined as promised from the uh, world of Corvette racing, uh, British driver Oliver Gavin. Is it? Wait a minute. Did I screw up, Oliver? Are you, are you? Do you consider yourself British, or are you simply an Englishman, or what are you? No, I'm British. Okay. I'm British. That's absolutely fine. No, you can screw up. Okay. Well, get, hey, Rolex Week. Talk to us. So, how do you? Do you? Uh, you know, it's it's physically uh, it's a toll. It takes a toll on you physically. You have to change your sleep patterns and and everything else. I mean, what do you do to prepare for uh, the unique challenges of the Rolex Twenty Four? Well, I mean, yeah, the, the Rolex Twenty Four is the first big test of the IMSA WeatherTech Championship, and uh, you know, here with Corvette Racing, um, you know, this is a, a great way to kick off the season. Uh, you know, our C7R is, is, has been fantastically prepared by everybody at Corvette Racing, and, and uh, you know we are ready for the challenge. But it, it is a, a pretty unique challenge. You know, twice around the clock here at the Daytona International Speedway. Um, it's physical, it's mental. Um, you don't get a whole lot of sleep. Um, it seems like the night here is exceptionally long, yeah. uh, and also uh, the weather usually plays a, a role in this race. Uh, we have some rain. We get very cold in the night. I think we've even had snow here at times. Yeah. So um, not something you usually get in Florida. But um, yeah, it, the, the race is, is, is extraordinary and, and 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 a real battle and, and test for both machine and uh, and and for for everybody every bit of personnel that's involved in the event. I can imagine that, uh, like especially during say the first twelve hours until it starts getting. You know, until you start getting physically tired, uh, it's hard to make yourself go to sleep. I know those at those times when you go, my God, I got to get some sleep because I got to get up early the next morning. That's when it's hardest to get to sleep is when you know I have to get some sleep now because I'm gonna be I got to be ready again in three or four hours or five hours, however long it is, and I need to be rested. And when you feel like you you're under the gun to go to sleep, I can't imagine that's easy to do. 
No, I mean that's that's one of the hardest things when when you got that sort of when you're under the pump a little bit to, to get that rest in and, and to to sort of get those just sort of snag that couple of hours of sleep because realistically that's all you're ever going to get in between driving stints is, is maybe two hours of sleep. Uh, you know when when you get back to your motorhome and you try and get your head down on the pillow and you can hear the cars running around the racetrack you, you kind of know that what's sort of happening and you're all the time staring at your watch sort of going I've got now an hour and 50 minutes sure. and now an hour and 45 and it, it does it, it can take some time to get off but, but you know just lying there relaxing trying to unwind yourself you know favorite things you go through to try and get yourself uh, sort of wound down try and get, sort of get rid of some of that adrenaline uh, but then also there's the, the whole getting yourself spun back up again before you then get back in the car and making sure that you're not getting to the pit box and then jumping in a race car half asleep. Um, you know, you're going pretty quick here and, and yeah. you certainly need to be on it and ready. Uh, you know, when you come down to, say, for instance, breaking that first time into the bus stop chicane because that does rush up on you pretty quickly. Yeah, so, that'll wait, yeah, that'll um, wait, yep. That's, that's that's not ideal to be sleepy as you're heading down that back straight. So, yep, um, you need to have everything firing at that point. So. I've always found that if I jump in the recliner and turn some golf on the TV, that'll knock me right out. So. Yeah, <laughs> you should. I, there's there's a free tip for you going into the weekend. <laughs> Goblin, yeah, uh, Corvette. Um, you know, there are a lot of teams that are around two, three, four years. You guys are in your twentieth year, for gosh sakes. Uh, you must have a really thick notebook of stuff to use for this race. Yeah, I mean, the, the team is, is, is well practiced here now uh, for the Rolex 24. Um, you know, we've got a lot of crew uh, who are very well experienced um, here. Um, and we've, we've, we've been doing this, this event here now since, as a team since 2014. Um, but, you know, the drivers have got a lot of experience um, doing this race for, for other teams before that point and then of course we've got all kinds of uh, other experience whether it's Le Mans 24 hours or the Seagram 12 hours or, or Petit Le Mans the 10 hour race we do at the end of the year in Atlanta you know the, 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 the knowledge that we now have with this C7R is, is pretty extensive um, and, and so we know what we need to do we know what, how we need to execute this race um, we are in a good shape we feel that we're well prepared but, you know, it's super tough competition in the GTLM class. We know that all of the manufacturers that we're up against have come with their best gear, their best game, fantastic drivers. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a battle. And we know that this race can very well come down to that last two hours. So you have to, you have to race hard in those first few hours and you have to race hard through the night to make sure that you keep yourself on that lead lap. But you also have to have in the back of your mind it's those last two hours when the real race itself and you've really got to have the car in great shape you've got to have your fastest guy in the car the guy, that, the guy that's found it the easiest through the day uh, through that 22 hour period and that he needs to be the, the, the key guy in the car to finish the race and take it home to the flag so that is you know the very the vital thing that you have to really focus on is those last couple of hours I, I imagine that there's a you have to find that comfortable line between driving defensively but aggressively, and you have to find that comfort zone, that sweet spot in there somewhere. But I would think that with additional teammates uh, for this event, and and I assume more people on staff, uh, you, you've got it's a bigger effort. Uh, that there's a certain amount of 
personal pressure, an uptick in the personal pressure you might feel than you would say at a uh, you know a run of the mill regular season middle of the year race. Is that is that true? Do you feel that? And I assume if you do, I assume you probably get rid of it pretty quickly once you're on the track. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, this is a, a, an unbelievable race to kick off the season. Uh, you know, it is the biggest race in the United States. And it, 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 it's in sports car racing, and so you know that the pressure is really on, you know. And, and you know, we have bosses who come down from Detroit to watch this event. We've got Mark Royce here this weekend, and uh, the president of General Motors, and and he's a huge fan of Corvette racing, and he's a huge fan of, of the Rolex Twenty Four. But with him coming, there's that extra pressure for all of us to deliver, and, and for us to, to 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 make sure that we execute professionally and well, and, and do our very best. And, you know, I, I go back to 2016 and, and, you know, with our two cars, the two C7 hours are racing against one another for that last half an hour uh, of that race in, in 2016. And it was immense pressure. I was in the car racing against my teammate Antonio Garcia and we were wheel to wheel. We were passing backwards and forwards. It was, it was huge. And we were racing hard but fair. And I, I think that 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 finish there really sums up what Corvette racing is all about. You know, we will race one another as hard as possible, but fairly, uh, and, and, and try and, and, and compete to the very best of our ability throughout. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's certainly when, when we look back in, um, over the years that we've competed here, that's certainly been one of the, the greatest races for myself. Um, and, uh, and I think the team do remember it very fondly. Well, let's hope it does come down to that last 20 or 30 minutes because it's always a lot more exciting. A lot can happen in 23 and a half hours, however, but uh, but we'll keep our fingers crossed. And we do appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes and uh, enlightening us quite a bit uh, about what's coming up this weekend at the Rolex 24. We appreciate your time, and we wish you plenty of luck. Well, thank you very much. We always need a bit of luck. Yes. <laughs> That's why I offered it. Thanks, Oliver. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right bye-bye. All right, we'll, uh, we'll take a break, quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back with Green White Checkers. we got a lot to cram in here, this little two-lap uh, Green White Checkers. Mr. Kelly, you ready? Yeah. Jamie McMurray, he's, he's, got a, he's got a ride for the shootout or the clash. The, I'm sorry, the, it used to be the clash and the shootout, now the clash, whatever, yep. at Daytona on the first weekend of Speed Weeks. That's correct, uh, sir. And then, of course, he's got a one-off deal, uh, one swan song, apparently, with Ganassi Racing for the Daytona 500. We on the NASCAR This Week page, which if you don't get it, call and ask why at your local yeah, newspaper. Say why um, the heck don't I get it? Uh, we we kicked back and forth the idea of Jamie McMurray actually going out a winner in the Daytona 500. Uh, we both agree that he's what we what the what they call a good little plate racer. Yep. Uh, I think he can do it. I you know the odds are against him because. Only you can only have one winner, and there's 40 guys out there. Right. But uh, and there's a lot more guys can win this race than a typical race because yep. of the plates. Exactly. But I give him a puncher's chance anyway, don't you? Yeah, yeah. He'd be in my top ten. He is in my top ten. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's and, and there's that nothing to lose factor either, no. right? I mean, he's not he's not collecting any points. He's not stage racing. But you don't want to win. You don't want to like overdo it either you want to you I know, do. moderate it I mean, somewhat gung ho you get in those last 10 laps and then it's you know anybody's race yeah. and then that's when if he's taking care of his equipment that's when we'll see him yep this is a weird little news item that came came across uh here just yesterday i think uh drew blickensdurfer 
<laughs> that's fun. That's fun to say. Drew Blickensdurfer, you know who he is, right? Yeah, he's crew, a crew chief, chief at RPM Petty Motorsports. Uh, it's kind of odd. He's leaving Richard Petty Motorsports and Bubba Wallace and the 43 team, and he's uh, going to Front Row Motorsports, where he will be the uh, crew chief for Michael McDowell, otherwise known around these parts as Michael McDowell. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that that's kind of seemed like a odd move to me. I'd like to know a little more about it. Maybe he's got some connections over there. Maybe they threw a little more money at him. Maybe uh, he's hooking back up with some old friends, you know. That's what I said originally, connections. That, that yeah. goes hand in hand. Well, uh, he, you know, it's odd. He's from the uh, the Roush camp. He was a Roush guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Drew Blickensdurfer? Yeah, Front Row is uh, affiliated with Roush. Okay. So there's your connection. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. I learned something. Christopher Bell, the best little racer not in a cup car, won the Chili Bowl, uh, old dirt uh, midget racing out in the – out in Oklahoma this past week. Tulsa, that's, that's, Oklahoma. That's, that's actually the first you know motor racing event of the year. Rolex likes to say it is, but the Chili Bowl has gained so much uh, momentum in recent years, through largely through guys like Tony Stewart, Casey Kane, and all that. Uh, that that has uh, that has really gets a lot of attention, and he and it's hard to win. There's a lot of competition 335 drivers yeah, and, and a lot of big names and a lot of the, the best dirt racers in america and uh, he's he's won it three years in a row three yeah now over the past two years two years ago in the truck series last year in the xfinity slash bush series uh he's had 12 wins combined and uh and he's ready to roll he's ready right there's just no room at the end right now because he's with gibbs racing and they've got a four driver lineup they had to get rid of one guy just just to take advantage of martin truex's availability right uh if i if i'm denny hamlin who's 39 now and coming off the worst season of his uh, cup career <laughs> are you feeling a little bit of heat to pick up the pace or uh, or what well, uh, he signed through 2020, by the way, him and more importantly, FedEx with right, yeah. right. But uh, if you remember uh, when Eric Jones won the, uh, the what you call the soda cracker 400, that's right, the July race, uh, and they had uh, Coach Gibbs down there uh, with the winning driver, yep. his winning driver, and they asked him about Denny and. He said, Denny knows he needs to win. Yeah. I mean, and there was like no joking around in that voice. Well, so Joe's not much of a jokester. (laughs) So anyway, um, yeah, that's that's why, you know, earlier we were talking about why we like the Rolex. Yeah. Because it's more relaxed. These guys come in here and and this is a big you know, Daytona 500 is a big race. That's a big win. Yeah, a lot can go wrong. Yeah. A lot of it is out of your control. Yeah, tension. so a lot of tension. So anyway, uh, you know that's something actually to keep an eye on. Yep. Because if Christopher Bell keeps going at this pace, yep. they've got to do something. They've got to be. They got to find room for him somewhere. They've got to yep. find room for him. Yeah. If not there, they loan him to somebody and keep him in the Toyota camp and loan him to somebody and bring him back in whenever there's room at Gibbs. Yeah, but the only you problem is go. the only problem is there's only five Toyota teams. Oh well, skip that idea. <laughs> hey, you know who else needs to win? Jimmy Johnson. 
Jimmy Johnson. I was reading a story. I guess they had their little uh, media gathering at uh, Hendrick Motorsports this past week, and uh, he referred to this coming season as a new challenge because you know he's, he's uh, Chad Canales is gone. He he no longer has Chad Canales on the on the pit box, and so he's uh, breaking in a new crew chief, and uh, and had some interesting comments that I thought. You want me to read you a couple of them? Yeah, sure. Okay, one thing that I did know was that the way things were going and where Chad and I ended up, that needed to change. It wasn't bringing the best out of either one of us, and we weren't delivering like we needed to. Now, that's kind of blunt assessment, I would say. Yep. And then he says, so I knew that much for sure last year, and then I'm just excited to get this fresh start and see where it takes us, blah, blah, blah. But uh, but then he ended on a uh, little uh, uppercut. Uh, I get to say when I'm done, because people were saying, oh, is this the beginning of the end, you know, last year, because right. it was such a poor year by his standards. Uh, I get to say when I'm done, I can't wait to win and win often. And I think that would be something really nice to say back to all those people that suggested that I was washed up and done. Now, that's either going to look what we call prescient (laughs) in the coming uh, weeks and months, or it's going to look like a guy who... uh, He's either going to have the I told you so boots on, or that's going to look a lot like a guy who was uh, fighting the inevitable downturn that everybody eventually faces. Yeah. and uh, But we'll see. I mean, I tend to blame it since it was almost company-wide at Hendrick last year. we got to give him a mulligan and say, other than Chase Elliott, uh, you know, they, were, they weren't you know, hauling the mail so much last year. So maybe it was just an equipment thing, an engineering thing. And let's wait and see how the first three months of the season go. Right? Um... I think it's intriguing. I think it's worth watching, and uh, I don't think he's done. But those years where they won, you know, yeah, five, six, seven, yeah, eight, nine, yeah. Though that's that's not going to happen. I don't think. But you but, know, that's that's hardly a a, a damnation on anybody because that's a lot. <laughs> Match what he used to do. I mean, that's asking a lot. You, know? well, you want to play the birthday game? Yeah, let's do the birthday game. Okay, uh, every uh, podcast when I'm here and Goblin's here, we uh, do the uh, birthday game. We look ahead to the next week in auto racing birthdays, and Goblin uh, does an incredible job of coming very, very close at how old that person's going to be or hitting it dead on the head. Today, by the way, Boris said, Happy birthday, dear Boris. Happy birthday to you. Uh, Take a shot. Boris. Boris, 55. Pretty good. 57. His hair is 28, by the way. Yeah, that's what I was uh, thinking. <laughs> then we got some slow days. I mean, it's not the. this is not the uh, biggest week of birthdays. Oh, that's a I shame. I hate to tell it to you. But next Monday, uh, one of the prides of Owensboro, Kentucky, a current NASCAR rules official, uh, David Green of the Green Brothers, has a birthday next Monday. <whistles> now, it's tricky because he went gray early, so it's tricky. You could you could end up thinking he's like say given how early he went gray you might think he's like 104 yeah. right now but I can tell you right now he's not 104 next he's, Monday it's because he's 58 up oh, 61 ah. uh, there are three Green brothers uh, that yeah, went in the race out the, of Owensboro I was thinking uh, of the Jeff uh, here's a bonus question bonus time <laughs> quiz for you Jeff Mark and David Green name them from oldest to youngest. There's Mark Green there's uh, David Green and you got your Jeff Green the three Dave, brothers David Green's oldest. And then this is like uh, prices, right? And then there's boop, 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 Mark boop, and then Jeff. Yes, yeah. You want a new car? <laughs> Next Tuesday, uh, former Bush Series uh, stud. 
Tommy Houston had 24 wins in the Bush Series, ran the Bush Series mainly uh, through the 80, all of the 80s just about, and a good chunk of the 90s. Guy, and he uh, wasn't young then. Yeah, well, Tommy Houston. Yeah. Tommy Houston, not Jimmy Houston. Great outdoors. <laughs> you know, I got a fishing hat, a Tilly fishing hat signed by Jimmy Houston. It's that, the only autograph I've asked for probably in the last 25 years, Jimmy Houston. Uh, so anyway. Uh, Tommy Houston, Tommy no Houston, relation. Let's say 75. Damn. Son, seventy-four. Good job. Yeah. He's been out of the. He's been out of eyesight for a long time. Yeah. And you almost nailed that one. Almost got I'm proud it. of you. Almost. You're almost back. Almost. You I'm are a, almost back. I'm, you I, and Jimmy Johnson. I, it's been so busy here lately that yeah. I'm not thinking straight. Right. So I'm. I'm glad. All right. Well, anything to say before we go? That's it for another Daytona Motor Mouse with yeah. uh, Ken Willis and Godwin Kelly. Anything, Godwin? Anything yeah. So uh, on Twitter, I, I'm at Godwin Kelly, and Ken Willis is at Hey Willie NJ. Uh, give us a shout during the Rolex 24 at Rolex 24. Oh, but aren't yeah. So. Uh, Tell your friends about us and how goofy we are. And, <laughs> have them tell their friends. And if you have any people that uh, own Corvettes, tell them to listen because this is a, we had a Corvette guy on the show today. So and a Brit, which means he sounded very smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, toodaloo, Mister Willis. Toodaloo. <laughs> Adios. Thank you for listening to this episode of Daytona Motor Mouths. To reach the program, please visit DaytonaMotorMouths.com or follow on Twitter at NASCAR Daytona or Facebook at NASCAR Daytona. And thanks for joining us. Daytona Motor Mouths is a production of the Daytona Beach News Journal.